Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We've uh, we've made some movements on a schedule standpoint, Gordon. We've bumped Christian Cox. He'll join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, and that's because when Bowler is here, Bowler gets our full, uh-huh. undivided attention because he's the one and only Craig Bowler. I, hey, Christian, I apologize. I just happened to be here. Yes. Don't worry about it. Doing uh, some other work, and I thought, hey, I think I'll just slide in if that's okay. Well, Christian stood us up, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. So, yeah, so we don't feel bad. But it was, it was beyond his control. He was on a airplane. He was apparently on an airplane. Apparently. So, you know, he could have let us know before getting on the airplane, but, you know, yeah. Yeah. It did, but he'll understand being my point. Yeah, boy. no, Christian, sorry, pal, but I'll, I'll listen in at five. I will. Uh, how are you doing? How are you holding up? I'm okay. You know, uh, guys got in late last night. Uh, yeah, I, I'll be honest. Nine days—that's uh, the longest of the season. Thank goodness we got it out of the way. I wish success had come for the Jazz and uh, in the W column. Only one in Memphis, but uh, on we go. Lakers tomorrow night. Uh, most dyna- dynamic team in the NBA. So I, I you know. One question tomorrow will always is always when you come back from a long road trip, not a short one, but a long one, it feels like a, another road game. And the Jazz really need to have the energy from the fan base. Uh, obviously, a lot of Laker fans here in Salt Lake follow LeBron and, and now Anthony Davis. Uh, but Jazz fans, uh, the true Jazz fan, uh, needs to bring some energy to the building. Because, you know, right now, um, teeter-totter time. So let's talk about that a little bit, Bowler. Uh-huh. Uh, what's going on with this team? I well, mean, you're, what, you're, you're Dr. Freud. Uh, well, I mean, is, is it, it time for I a get, Freud column? I, it might be. Uh, is, is it uh, mental? Is it physical? Or is it a little bit of both? Well, because, uh, where do you 80, want to start? I, the I, game is 80%. What was that? Awesome. You messed this up quite badly yesterday. I, I'm not going to try it again. 90% but mental, 10% half physical? Half, what is, half, is it half and half? Uh, uh, Let's look I that up. It doesn't matter. What's Jake, going help on? Me. <laughs> help me. You know, I, I, there's a lot of things. I, I think you can point a finger at a lot of things. Uh, they ran a, a, against teams in a buzzsaw mentality and also very athletic uh, teams. Uh, Milwaukee, long, physical uh, Indiana surprised me. Brogdon's good, okay, at the point. They're bigger than Conley and Emmanuel Moutier. Uh, Memphis was a game, should have won here, and then, yes, we won in Memphis, or won in Memphis the first time we were there, and Conley didn't play well. Uh, and then you go back-to-back. Back. Toronto, I thought maybe the Jazz would uh, get on a little run just knowing that, you know, two games to go, back-to-back, and, and you come back. But I will. what I found out in Toronto is the fuel they run off on right now is the fact that Kawhi Leonard uh, snubbed their nose, his nose at them and said, I'm out going to L.A. And they said, you know what? Fine. Uh, we are as good or better without you. And Pascal Siakam is a fantastic young he's player. He's so good, yeah. And what's happened, I think, is that he's taken over the that type of leadership role and also backs it up with an incredible offense and defensive game. They're long. They're physical. And then, of course, in Philadelphia, we know they have one of the largest front lines in the NBA. And Joel Embiid, uh, who was coming off that goose egg three games prior, who's been on a tear. And I thought the Jazz handled the big guy pretty well last night. Oh, Rudy totally outplayed yeah. him. Yeah, 
Uh, Tobias Harris, no wonder so many teams, including the Jazz, had a had a want and desire for him. He's a stud. A terrific uh, player. And I think the bottom line, too, is the turnover issue with this team won't go away. And when you give away 17, 18, and those turnovers, you know, sometimes that number is misleading. But when you see the numbers that's beside it, the points allowed off turnovers and the holes are dug, and then you try to constantly come back. Bad starts, strong finishes. And I know it's a cliché. And you know what? Clichés of clichés. Play the full 48. How many times have we heard coaches say that? I need four quarters of football. You know, in reality, that's that's the truth. And the Jazz aren't doing that right now. Uh, out of sync, uh, I think lack of confidence uh, is part of that problem as well. The depth at this point is not as strong as I think many thought it would be. That can change with some better play. Uh, the shots are there. I'll be honest. I think I've seen multiple looks that are open to take, and just it sounds easy to make them. But I think the shots are there, the rotations in the offense. But then again, they get into a scramble mode, and all of a sudden, just multiple turnover after turnover, and then the runs become a futile in the ability to to to, to rally back on each night. Now, look, down forty, right, was just a, was a head shaker in Toronto. But to the Jazz credit, and not to the because the fans don't want to hear this, but again, I think what Quinn's trying to say is, look, they're not quitting. They've got to get better and find out how to play better, Gordon. And you know what? Um, I don't know what's gonna, what it's going to take. I thought by game 20, which we're now going to be into 22 uh, against the Lakers, the Jazz would have this figured out. Uh, Conley's out now with a hamstring, and you wonder after Joe's performance last night, running the point forward where the Jazz will go in that regard. Uh, Dante's development up and down and sideways. Uh, since it's, And we knew it was going to take alleged time, but many, he's got to be on the floor to get better. But how do, you, how do you work that when you're trying to get wins? And that's difficult for Dante because those four or five minutes are crucial for him to perform immediately, and sometimes players uh, don't get don't, – the reward doesn't come like, like you hope. So that's a nutshell, and there's a, that's a lot to talk about. Uh, is there panic? I don't sense it. Uh, anger? Yeah, because amongst themselves, because it, they know they can be a better team on paper. I think they are, but right now, performance-wise, no. Well, I think you know Gordon and I were talking about this earlier. The bench is is certainly an issue, and and Locke put it interesting last night on the on the broadcast. And I think he's right on the money. There's nobody on the bench demanding minutes. There's nobody on the bench you're looking at right now. Great point. And, and Joe, Joe was really good last night, but uh, for this season, kind of including Joe, there's nobody on that bench where you're like, oh, man, you've got to get him into the game. Well, like uh, like Jay Crowder last year, I mean, for all his fault shooting, he did so many nice things for you. You had He, he demanded minutes. You well, had to play him. His attitude demanded minutes. Right. Right? And I think that's something that, that lacks. you know. And then Ed Davis was out for a month and now trying to find his way back. He's not a scorer. He's a rebounder. He's a guy there as another disruptor. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier came here to get better. There's moments where you think, okay, but then the turnovers, you know, strike and you go one of seven, the mid-range game, the floater. The floater may be the biggest issue with this team. Um, you know, Conley's had trouble with it. Joe's had trouble with it. Uh, Donovan has had trouble with it. Moutier's had trouble. And, you know, Locke will tell you this, and all, you know, those who f- do analytics, three is more than two. Uh, did you know that? Yeah, I, th- I figured that much out. Yeah, three, three is more than two. But the mid-range game still has purpose, right? 
I, I'm a believer of that. And Donovan has a nice mid-range game. Uh, I think Moody. Well, that's what defenses are giving you, Bowler. You got to yeah, be able. You got to make it. the shot. Exactly right. I mean, some, Jake's talked a lot about these defenses. They know the Jazz want to shoot the three, and they want to shoot. Uh, they want to dunk. They, yeah, you they, know, they, they crowd the perimeter, and times they double down. Gobert. They're looking to disrupt his his stance. I think again, the base of Gobert is so important, and the pass that. Rubio last year, I thought, really got down pretty well. Uh, you know, as, as they fed Gobert to the rim, it has to be a perfect fa- pass for Rudy. Uh, you know, he's still working on hand strength. You know, and that's one of the things that he's always trying to improve on his strength overall and the base uh, of of his body. But if you push him off a little bit and that ball's not perfect, then that equals a turnover, and most likely you get stung. And that's what the Jazz have been, in fact, bitten when the turnover occurs. Then back comes the opponent the other way in a hurry. The other part of that scouting report is if you do get a loose ball run against the Jazz, Rudy sometimes stands and will get into a complaining mode that I see at times. And I know Quinn wants him to run, uh, both offensively and defensively. But you know what? you got to let some of that stuff go and just get back and play and do what you do best, and that's protect the rim. Um, so th- th- those are other things that you know pop up in discussion. But you're right. I think Joe is another discussion point. The adjustment from starter to six man, you can tell there's an impact there because he's not in rotating with the starting five. And last night when you saw him at the point forward running the attack, uh, there was that cohesiveness that we saw last year. And Rudy, I think, responded to him. There's that sixth sense those two have already built. uh, And there was a lot more production in, in that regard. So we'll see where the Jazz go. I mean, I think Joe has tried to find himself as a sixth man and trying to be the facilitator of the second unit, and he sacrificed some shots to do so. Bowler, why are the Jazz shooting worse this year than they did last year? That's what they were supposed to address mm-hmm. in the offseason, right? Yes. It hasn't really worked out that way. I have a column out. I posted sltrib.com about this. And uh, I mentioned the the assist. Uh, they, they ranked 20, 29th in the league in assists, or twenty seventh, or something like that. And they're and they're and the turnover problem is significant, but they are shooting worse than they did a year ago. And this is puzzling because that was a problem they supposedly fixed. Why hasn't it been fixed? What did you find out? Uh, well, I didn't really draw a conclusion from that standpoint, other than the fact that the players have not meshed. The, and I think a big part of that, Mike Conley has not played well. I mean, he has not played well. That's Let's say it the way it is. He's not played well. Joe hasn't played particularly well. Um, yeah. I And those were two areas where you expected the Jazz to, uh, uh, to improve. Bogdanovich has at times looked really good. Really good. But I think he gets to a point where it's almost like he thinks if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Yeah, well, Donovan, I think, is in that same category. Yeah. It's one or the other. But that was the problem, a... Donovan, a year ago, mm-hmm. right? Uh, teams would load up on him because everybody knew that he was the option. Right, right. Great point. Uh, you know, Royce O'Neal will give you uh, a couple of shots per game. He's been terrific throughout the early part of the season as one of the league leaders in three-point percentage. But the number of shots he takes is not as that, you know, because the shot load – uh, it goes to Donovan, Bogdanovich, and then Gobert. Uh, so when he takes those shots, he's been able to make them, but they're far and few between in the in the attempts. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a discussion point that's being discussed. I'm sure, probably has been all day. 
with Jazz management. And I wouldn't be surprised if a player or two uh, has barked down a few, you know, comments as well after getting back from this tough five-game road trip. You know, I, I don't know if the expectations is part of this equation as well because we all fell into it. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, and and not only the local media because of what we saw on paper, but the national media, you know, put this Jazz franchise, this Jazz team, this Jazz roster before it even hit the floor as one of the top two or three in basketball. And I don't know if that's weighed heavy. Once you start to stumble, as you know, uh, it can kind of pile up on you quick. And maybe that's what's happened uh, over the case of the last you know, 10 to 12 days. Well, we were talking about that earlier, that the Jazz record right now is better than it was last year at this yes, time. Yes, it was. In but fact, the expectations are completely The Jazz different. round of the play, they were number 14. Right. And they still won 50 last year and were, you know, into the first round of the playoffs. You know, I don't know if this road trip is the bottom and you build from here. We're going to find out tomorrow night. Well, one and, and four doesn't get much worse. Well, than and that. also the, the schedule the, coming up is Yeah, the Jazz had, well, I, think, I think going into that road trip, and I don't know if it's changed. They were number two in the sense so far this season in difficulty of opponents and their win percentage. And so they have taken on some beasts. Now, the Lakers have not. The Lakers, you look, I think, played five teams that have been above 500. The Jazz, I believe, it's 12. Check me, Jake. I think it's close. But it's it's in that category. It's very you know offsetting between one team that's rolling right now. The Jazz will have their opportunity to get back on track with some teams that are sub-500 ball clubs. But then again, what does it tell you that you, if you can't beat some of the best in the East and have and have the, and have that struggle. Your, your that's point what about, you're measuring this team you against, have to, Polar, because yeah. that's what they are. That's what they're supposed to be. You're supposed to be the elite of the West and beyond, and that has not occurred at this particular moment. Your point about making shots is spot on, but I don't think there's a panic in the coaching mind of Quinn Snyder because what they have worked on to get open is there. So now the question is, what does it take to make those shots? We've, we talked about this last season with different with different pieces of the puzzle, by the way, that are no longer with the right. Jazz. And, I and think we that, blame them. That's kind of and the, they're gone now. Yeah, and the problem's worse. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? What really amazes me is the floater. You know, Conley. That's really for a six foot guard is what you know he kind of you know stamped his name with was rolling into the paint amongst the bigs and with that little floater and finishing. Donovan worked on it as well. Right now for Moutier too, who's very powerful by the way and intrigues me. Uh, and he came here to learn and to get better, to be coached. And at times I see flashes. Other times you see, wow, I can understand why there's you know concern because of the turnovers and just the non-passing that Qu- that Quinn demands. So uh, that that floater, the dead ball floater, the knuckleball that we call it, whatever you want to call it, that seems to be a real uh, a thorn in the Jazz side right now. And that those missed shots tend to lead. Uh, to fast-break buckets opportunities on the other end. Huh. Seems to be. Seems to be a real thorn where it comes off, looks good, takes a hard bounce, and before right. you know it, the outlet's gone and uh, the opponent's on the other end. Bowler, I want to take advantage real quick, uh, shifting gears. Um, want to get your thoughts on college football. And, and from this angle, just because you know Utah going to the Pac-12 championship, a lot of people uh, out there, uh, us included, think this is a very special Utah team. You were all those years working for CBS. You spent a lot of time in the SEC. I yeah, mean, you, you yeah. saw how they play football down there. What do you think? How does this year's Utes stack up to that level? Because 
you know, the community, if Georgia beats LSU, I mean, they're going to get two SEC teams in there. But I think a lot of folks around here think that this U team would stack up very well against against the SEC in the line. No, I, I like this team. I've watched this team a lot, and they were able to work through uh, injuries a couple of times to two key players in, in, in Tyler and Zach, right? And uh, Huntley's getting some praise and some accolades now as a potential, you know, top five Heisman candidate. Uh, he's put together a fine season, and he's been able to lead the Utes finally an offensive explosion that that was lacking. And I think what you see this year is finally, uh, after joining the Pac-12 and in my days in the SEC, the Big 12, the Pac-12, uh, and what Utah's been able to do that other teams like Colorado has not, is to build one, two, threes that are capable of playing on a minute's notice. And in the SEC, I remember coaches that would always tell me, you know, Bowler, you ought to see what I got over in the in the athletic dorm waiting to play. <laughs> you know, and the chuckle from Les Miles or Nick Saban right. and other coaches, Mark uh, Reck uh, from from Georgia. Uh, yeah, that third stringer cost me about fifty grand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's amazing, even you know, at Oklahoma during the day. Uh, that they always would point across in their meeting and say, "Yeah, hey, across the way there, I got another back that's better than this one." And you go, "What? <laughs> How could that be?" But in reality, it's truth. And what Utah's been able to do now is to build the depth that you have to have to be a top ten or a title contender. And I think that's where Utah has finally found themselves this year. They've been able to fight through injury. Uh, they still have a, a beast of a line. They figured out some things in the secondary and linebackers. And, um, you know, Zach Moss is a beast himself. And they, they have some weapons that other teams in the Pac-12 don't. And they take advantage also of turnovers and, and take advantage, which is a, is, is the stamp of Kyle Whittingham, right? So, Bowler, we've been ridiculing ESPN's, what's it called? Uh, their prediction formula thing. I don't know. What's it officially try, try, called? Try the playoff predictor. The playoff, playoff predictor. <laughs> so let me put you in. Let's yes, feed. Yes, let's yes. give the input right, here to Bowler and see what we can get out of them. I just hit the button. Uh, go. Okay. <laughs> Georgia loses to LSU. Okay. Uh, Ohio State, you know, is Ohio State. Clemson. They asked Michigan about Ohio okay. State. Yeah. So what happens at the fourth spot? Do, if Oklahoma beats Baylor, let's say Oklahoma beats Baylor, okay, do they leapfrog the Utes? Um, you know, here, here's the cons- and Utah beats Oregon. Yes, yes, uh, it's going to come down to just a few numbers, one way or the other, in the sense of the voting numbers that come out. Um, I think we have to talk real here. I think the Utes should belong in that scenario, but uh, I'm not sure if the voting will go that way. And you know what? Uh, a couple of my old cohorts, uh, Timmy Brando, for one, made a great statement the other day. Who's now at Fox? He was at CBS with me forever. Made a made a made a comment on Twitter saying, "Look, don't punish Utah for the time zone. And if you haven't seen Utah play, you know it's your fault." Uh, so I don't want that to be the uh, the final reason if the, if Utah isn't in the the top four. But they're going to have to be very good against Oregon in the Pac-12 title game to, to even to again bolster the eyes to the West. We all have been in the West a long time. I'm from the Midwest, but I've worked in the West for most of my career. When I was at CBS and always back in New York, it was always that. Oh, it's the East Coast bias. It's the, but you know what? They're seen more. Midwest teams are seen more. 
And when you come out here, it's always the late game. Now, it was a beautiful thing to see Utah on ABC in prime time, mind you. Yep. And that was really the first time I could say that the national audience, unless you have cable, that you can actually be, you know, to be seen. You have to play in prime time to be noticed. And I think a lot of players in the Heisman race, those who aren't seen, get penalized for that. Well, those on the selection committee, if they're not watching the Utes, then shame on them. I would, they're not doing their well, job. So, but what I think the excuse will be is the weak nature of the Pac-12 this year. That's an issue for Larry Scott. Am I right? It's something that is hounding that conference now for year after year after year. Where's the strength? Where's U- Where's UCLA? Yeah, USC beat beat Utah, but where are they? Oregon's back after being down. Washington State with Leach, you know, is always scary because of the the air raid that he puts on. Washington, I mean, what is up with UCLA and USC? You would think at one point in time they were the masters of that conference. No longer. Well, and now USC is considering keeping Clay Helton, which just seems crazy. Washington tailed and, off this year. And, and Oregon and Washington, their their coach decided to step away. He wanted to take a breath of you know of life again. He'll coach for the bowl season, but I guess they already promoted the D coordinator, who's who was is being sought at. There's a lot of coaching uh, opportunities out there, guys. So there are. You you want to coach? I mean. Well, people are, I mean, Florida State's still open. People thought that would have been filled last week. So it'll be interesting Urban to see. Urban Meyer, what, is, is he, is he going to be sought after, paid ridiculously, or is he going to stay as a commentator? You know? Well, does he, he may take stay the, as a Bill commentator Cower, and, and Cower, Bill Cower was pursued for four years after he left Pittsburgh, and finally they realized he was going to stay in the studio. Yeah. Right? I wonder if Urban Meyer is just kind of waiting to pick his pick his next uh, you know apple off the tree how about next coach of the carolina panthers urban meyer nfl would he try it you know is he the favorite for the cowboys job if uh... no lincoln riley is a favorite look i have a warning real quick i I know you guys gotta go i got one warning about college coaches with great success going to the national football league i saw it with my own eyes look out in miami nick saban Bob Greasy and I and Nat Moore and Kimbo Camp are sitting in a conference room, and Nick Saban walks in and has the audacity to tell Mr. Dolphin, Bob Greasy, that everything that is talked about about this franchise goes through me, not you, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) And Bob just sits back with a grin on his face like, yeah, pal, I'll be here longer than you. And you know what? It was two years. But what happens is, and we saw it in the NBA as well, college coaches come out, and the pros have been down this road before. The Dolphins didn't want to hear the the shtick of of being a team concept and we're going to do this as one and do it my way. No, they've been through that. They're pros. They're paid. They get paid yeah. a lot. And I'm just saying, if Urban Meyer tries to pull that in Carolina or wherever in Dallas, those guys will laugh him off yeah. the field. It just usually does not work. That's why Rick Majerus probably stayed in college. Uh, great point, Jake. And Nick should have well. Look, Nick was in Miami for two years. The Dolphins have been a disaster for a long time, no matter who they put in the in, in the coaching chair. But look what he's done at the college level because the way his system works is follow me, and it's my way yeah. and my way only, or you don't play football. And I think eighteen and nineteen year olds listen a lot better than twenty five, twenty six year old veterans in the National Football League. Hmm. Bowler, you were the best. Thank you, as always, for dropping by. And uh, hopefully you'll be able to get a little rest in town yeah. for a couple of days. Bowler, what you were nice. describing there is Jake, you know, because he don't listen. Uh, not at all. Is that the problem with this show now? 
Yeah, just don't listen, hmm. you know, because he's a veteran. <laughs> Well, maybe if uh, <laughs> maybe if what I was listening to <laughs> oh, was God. Oh, 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 very yeah, good. Nice. Yeah, you know, nice. I'll step out and let you guys continue this. Austin, uh, you throw a flag if needed. Can, can ding, you, uh, ding, ding. Baller, yeah. will you uh, do the, our marriage counseling here? Yeah, I will. Yeah. yeah, I'll come back and I'll set you guys up. We'll sit and, down and we'll sit down, have a sip, and just see what happens. <laughs> Official session. Yeah. You know, all have right. you guys ever done that? What? Done the marriage counseling? No, I have not. No. no have I wonder, you? No. I wonder what they say. You know. They probably like you know put you both in a corner and say, okay, I'm going to give you ten minutes. Go. <laughs> well, okay, your see, turn. See, my fear would be that all of our issues would be firmly planted in my camp. You know, <laughs> oh, and she all, just has another voice to be like, well, you heard, you heard the therapist here. You're the problem. Yeah, I think that seems to be Austin. What do you think, man? We I, don't I, want to hear the truth. I, who that? wants to go first? We are out of time. Wow. Who would, who would want to go first? I don't know. I'd, well, if you didn't go first, you'd have to sit and listen for ten minutes of hell. Mm. But, but, yeah, but yeah, Jake's right. That's how it happens. Yeah. <laughs> so the problem's me. This is what we discovered here today, that, yeah. that I'm the issue. And, and so the therapist goes, I'm glad, Jake, you understand. So let's move on from there. <laughs> let's Didn't work on that, some things. That'll be $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, Baller. We Great appreciate to see you, guys. You. Great see to you, see you. Go Jazz. Uh, reminder about our friends at Syringa. If you're a Verizon or XO customer and were recently notified that some of your telecommunication services will no longer be supported, contact Syringa Networks, Utah's fastest-growing premier telecommunications provider. They have a uh, full range of services. Call today, 385-420-8221. Syringa Networks. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Time to talk Pac-12 title game now with Yogi Roth. When I look at Utah getting into the playoff, I look at Oklahoma as being its number one threat. Give me reasons why you think Utah should get the nod. I think it's going to be one of these things where you come down to it. It comes down to the football people in the room. And the football people in the room say, Utah's just a better team. Based on an unemotional take and watching every snap this year, I think they're going to come down and say Utah's just a better team. And I don't think they need to dominate Oregon. I think they just got to play clean and prove that they can compete among those other three undefeated that we would presume. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Wanted a little murk, huh? They claim this song is not about what you think it's about. I what? What do I think it's about? Austin, what do you think it's about? A horse with no name. <laughs> okay. This is a good song, though. I like America. I used to listen to this. What song? What year did this song come out? What? Probably 68? early eight. No, I would have said early seventies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I was I was forty five. Seventy one. Forty five when it came out. So. <laughs> <when> it came out. <laughs> right in the middle of the prime of your career. That's right, man. Had it going on. You did. You you still do, buddy. You <laughs> oh, yeah, still right. do. 
Uh, we've got the Not Sports Report coming up at uh, 4.50. Christian Cox will be on the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Tanner Mangum will be on with us at 5.30. All right, Jake. So real quick. Man, it's been kind of a downer today talking about uh, the jazz. Well, things and, in jazz land are not terrifically positive at the moment. And we're a little frustrated, too, with this whole the playoff scenario for the Utes. We know how good the Utes are. We certainly suspect. We think we know how good they are. And yet there may not be room. I mean, I mean, okay, so let's do this. Let's. I want you to exorcise the negativity with the jazz right now. And... And then maybe we'll exorcise the negativity with the playoff situation. And then I want you to follow that up with something positive, something positive about the Jazz, what the outlook might be in a more, I don't know, a, a, a cheerier light uh, for both, both uh, the Jazz and the Utes. Okay. So how many things are you asking me for right here? <laughs> okay, a positive. Give me the negative first, and then give me the positive. The negative. As positive as you can think. <sighs> the negative on the jazz. Negative on the jazz is they still haven't gelled, and there doesn't appear to be any end to that insight. I mean, there's there's not a whole lot that would indicate that they're just going to turn the corner. They so, are eight and one at home, but but see that's the thing with the Jazz. If you look at that five game road trip, they really they really only lost one game they should have won. Now they they didn't steal the others, obviously, but the only one they lost they really should have won was probably Indiana, and well, Indiana is better than people think. But it depends on what your expectation for the Jazz is. See, that's what happened. Everybody I'm just got talking so about, fired up about what what the possibilities were, and then to see them go one and four on this road trip is. Is kind of a downer. Right. But, I mean, just talking about this specific road trip. Take out expectations from for the year for a minute. Just this okay, well, they particular... fell behind by 40 at the half. But what game did they lose that they should have won? Indiana. The rest of I mean, how many games at home is Milwaukee going to lose this year? Yeah, that's a good point. How many games at home is Toronto going to lose this year? How many games at Philly home is Philly? Home yeah. I mean, these teams are going to lose a handful of games at home every year, and we're surprised. That the Jazz on a grueling road trip can't go into Philly on the fifth game of five on the second night of a back-to-back and win? So that's the negative and the positive? The positive is it's not... If they would have, if this would have, if they would have gone one and four on a road trip that included, let's say, uh, Milwaukee and Toronto, but instead of Philly, it was Orlando... And instead of Indiana, it was Charlotte, and they went one and four on that road trip. Then yeah, start panicking a little bit. But this this road trip that that's unbelievable. You're you're playing the best teams in the Eastern Conference all in the same trip. Okay, so this is my positive. Okay, they can't keep shooting like this. They're better than that. Not everybody, but certain players who should be getting. The lion's share of the shots can shoot better than what they have, in my opinion. So that's a positive. And I would expect that to happen. Mm-hmm. The turnovers, I don't know about. I, I don't know. I don't know how to, to, to explain that. And the chemistry I, I, it has to improve. I mean, I, I don't know what's the matter with Mike Conley. I, 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 can't, exp- I can't figure that out. He I mean, need, He needs to play better, 100%. Kenny. I, I would think so. I mean, he's got a dozen years of track record that are pretty darn good. Yeah. 
Okay, so that's in, the positive. The, we would expect him to be able to play better than he has, and let's just say the adjustment period took longer than what we thought it would. Unless, the only unless to that with Mike is that he's lost it physically. Yeah. Yeah. And at his age, you've got to at least be mildly concerned about that. Yeah. And if that's the case, then I was duped because I thought he was going to help the Jazz. If that's the case, the Jazz are in real trouble because it'll be really hard to move off of that contract this yeah. year yeah. if he's lost it physically and that's what they think. But yeah. I, don't, I don't mean to alarm. I really don't. And I don't necessarily You're not think, saying one way or the other. You're just bringing up the issue. That's, that's doomsday. I mean, <laughs> if they if they traded for a guy, they're paying thirty plus million dollars, and he doesn't have any gas left in the tank anymore. And their options are Dante Exum or Manuel Moody. Yeah, yeah, or playing Joe Ingles, but he can't play the whole game. Yeah. So I I mean that that that's worst case scenario. But I listen. He he was pretty good last year. He, it's just as likely he, that he can bounce back. He can fight through this. I you know he should have better basketball. Okay. Uh, to be played. And how about the Utes? Really, I, I don't know what the positive thing to say is other than they're really, really good. And it's in the hands of the committee. And they have, of course, it's in their hands as to whether they beat Oregon or not. That's their toughest game of the year. That's, it looks like the toughest game. We'll see because the Utes have been absolutely just rolling opponents. Will they roll the Ducks? The positive on the Utes is uh, the eye test for sure. Yeah. They look really, really good. And if they, they put another really, really good game on film against Oregon, their toughest test, then that's going to put their best foot forward to get into the playoff. Because that's what they've got going for them right now is they look really, really good. But as far as being positive about their outlook in that regard, we're, we're like the formula for predicting. There, there's no way to know. Nope. We All right. can't. We can't even project that. Join us coming up on Thursday. We're going to be hanging out at Metro by T-Mobile, 2120 South, 700 East in Salt Lake between 3 and 6. Come hang out with the big show. We're going to be broadcasting live. Not Sportsport next. Christian Cox, top of the 5 o'clock hour. Tanner Mangum at 5.30. Big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. There's a lot of conversation about we all know Oklahoma is going to get in over Utah, that the Pac-12 is going to get the raw deal. My point about that has always been the same. There's actually not yet a moment in history where the Pac-12 can be like, see, that team right there should have gotten in. So if it does happen, this is actually the first time that it's happened. Because up to this point, it's been nothing but conjecture. And yet just because there's no cold, hard proof and evidence that it has happened doesn't mean it won't. Doesn't mean there's not a bias. And my paranoia, Tony tells me, that that brand of Oklahoma being a blue blood college football national program, that might carry the day. I feel like that could still be a possibility. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Man, Austin, you know, I tell you what, he has a way of putting things sometimes. 
Right on the money. Welcome on back. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time for the uh, Not Sports Report brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Where are we going today, Gordo? We're going to Georgia. Taking the midnight train. The Peach State. Okay, before we get to it, let me ask you and let me ask Austin and let me ask our listeners. Have you ever not wanted to go to work? Uh, yes. Have you ever called in and said, eh, not today? Uh, if I miss work, I, I have a good reason. I like to consider myself an upstanding individual. I wouldn't, okay, lie. I wouldn't lie about that sort of okay, thing. Okay, well, that's, that wasn't, that's not what I was trying to get to. Have I, ever, have I ever called in sick? Have you ever called in and said, I can't work today? Yeah. Who hasn't? Austin, you done that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, honest, honest, hand to heaven, not since I've worked in this company. Not once. Give me a bad example of something that happened, a good example that was bad, that happened in a previous place of employment. What? What kind of example? I'm extremely confused as well. Austin. I'd like to deliver what you'd like, but I only speak one language, and it's not Gordon. When did you? When? What did you do when you called in and said I can't come into work today? What was? Give us an example of that in a previous place of employ. I I said I was sick. I, I couldn't make it, uh, and then I went snowboarding. Oh. And then ran into someone from work. You did? Uh huh. Whoops. Literally sat on the lift. We both had you face masks and helmets on. We didn't know it was one or the other. And as we're going up the the lift, she took her visor on her helmet up and kind of was brushing her face off with snow. And I was like, oh, that's blank. And I'm going to keep my helmet on square right now in my goggles. Did she recognize you? No, I didn't say a word to her. And as soon as we got up to the top of the mountain, I scooted on with my day. You know, Austin, I've said this before, but uh, I really mean it. You have the worst (laughs) luck. (laughs) You have the absolute. You got, I got on, away with it. You got on the same chair <laughs> with someone she, you work with. She wasn't like a, a boss or anything, but she. But she was somebody would have ratted you out. I don't even know if she would have done that. But it just so happens that I called my employer, lied to him. Said, <coughs> oh, I'm sick. You don't want what I have. Got up, went to the lift, went to the the mountain, and here was person from oh, work. Okay, the odds that you'd actually be at the same <laughs> resort are fairly low. <laughs> But uh, the odds of you getting on the same chair, yeah, uh-huh. they've got to be no, they, they, that's got to be one in a zillion. <laughs> I don't know. There's probably a thousand people on the mountain, thousands no, of chairs it was, it was going a slower day, but... up and down. <laughs> where, uh, where? Which you... actually, if it's a slower day, that makes the odds even uh, uh, higher because there's less people there. But anyway. where were you working at the time? I can't tell you that. You can't. No, but it was customer service for a company that may deliver packages in a brown truck. <laughs> Glad you you didn't. Thanks for keeping it vague. Yeah, right. Okay. Anyway, the point. Right, the of reason all this I is, ask uh-huh. is a man in Georgia, uh, a fellow by the name of Cantarius Gowans. Gowans nailed it. Uh, he uh, called in to his w- place of work, uh, a steak and shake uh, shack, whatever you call. Them. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said he was couldn't come in today. Okay. But later in the day, he showed up at work anyway, and he was completely intoxicated. But that's not the end of it. All right. So hold on real quick, though. He, he, 
he called in sick because he wanted to get drunk. That's where we are here. Apparently. Okay. But he wasn't he didn't stay at home. He decided to go into his place of employment and uh pull out a gun and demand money. So, so he, he tried was, to rob his, he tried his to steak rob and shake or whatever. Steak and shake at which he worked. Now, a couple of problems with this. First of all, everybody who worked at the steak and shake knew who he was because he works there because he works there <laughs> so he got he, he called in sick got drunk decided you know what i have a good idea i'll go rob the steak and shake that i work at yes with a gun well he yes. couldn't miss the day's pay he had to get up make it up short <laughs> So, you know, I wonder about this sort of thing with, like, what what does this guy think the end game is going to be? Like, all right, so let's say I rob the place, I have the money, I get away. He's They're going to identify you. I mean, it's not, it's not like, I mean, can you imagine the employees talking to the cops? Officer, you don't need to, to review the, the footage. on. I, we know who it is. <laughs> In fact, we have a whole we file of information. We give you here. every bit of information about him, including where he likes to... You know, hang out. It's his, his name's Barry. He was supposed to be on fries today. <laughs> here's his emergency contact. <laughs> right. And here's five different photos of him. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, there is one little extenuating circumstance to the whole thing. All right. It was Thanksgiving Day. So that's pretty much a guarantee the till is not going to be filled. <laughs> right. It's gonna be, he's going to take like $4.25. Maybe a lot of people go to Steak and Shake on, on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, you think? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, but he was angry. He didn't want to work on Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, I, I just, some of the things people do, I'm not quite sure what to make of it. No. Anyway, uh, needless to say, the police <laughs> showed up. Uh, he dropped the gun and uh, was taken off. Hmm. Well, should have just gone to work. Well, yeah. I mean, compared to what he's going to get for armed robbery, yeah, that's <laughs> that was uh, not, that was not a win-win. That's going to be that dude's last drink for a while. Yeah. Hmm. The story says it's unclear if he has a lawyer. <laughs> you better get one. I think it's pretty clear. Not that, but he got he got the stun gun treatment. Too. Oh, and he got the stun gun from the cops. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so it was not a happy Thanksgiving for him. No matter how bad your Thanksgiving out there went, maybe you know some tension, or or maybe the the food got overdone, or I don't know how Thanksgivings go bad out there. But however bad your Thanksgiving was, it was better than that guy's. Yeah, that guy had a worse Thanksgiving. Yeah, than if you got an argument with a family member, you spilled the gravy all over the floor. Yeah, whatever. You broke a dish. I don't know. You got in some sort of disagreement with a loved one, then you're still way ahead of him. Way ahead of this guy. Yeah, Contarius. He got stunned too. Yeah. Contarious, what are you doing? You know you work here, right? You're not going to get away with this. <laughs> we know it's you. That, well, you know, I mean, just like uh, I'm surprised that coworker didn't recognize you, Austin. I was yeah. completely covered. Okay. Man, that is such terrible luck, Austin. I can't believe you got Contarious, on the same. Contarious, I thought you were sick today. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you, you smell like booze and you're waving a gun. Shut up and reach for the sky. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, oh well. Mm. Here, here you go. Take you the three seventy five we have in the till, and on your way. 
Well, fries with that? And then he gets stunned <laughs> gets stunned on top of it. How about that? Just to add uh, insult to injury. It's just not good. Oh, well. Coming up next, Christian Cox. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.